The following program contains mature language and spoilers. Listener discretion advised. I but think that's the yeah, dude no. that did the Iron Fist one that we want. I really don't want to watch. We wanted, check we, his channel. We, we tried to start uh, Defenders. So we, let's like, let's just watch the recap of Iron Fist yeah. to get Defenders out of the way because it's not a full 13 episodes or whatever. Yeah. One episode in. <laughs> that bad? It's just... Whatever. We'll talk about it some other okay. time. I haven't even attempted... So I can't talk. Shows. I'm way too far to even think about Defenders right now. Yeah, man, he, he didn't even do uh, Daredevil season two yet. Yeah. Oh wow! I got Daredevil season two. I got Iron Fist. No, just those two now, right? No, yeah, you're not gonna do Punisher. Punisher's after Defenders. Yeah, it just came out. Yeah, I'll do, but I gotta get through. Yeah. The other, I got three seasons of shows before I can. Get, I gotta get to finish. Punisher. I won't lie. I gotta finish Daredevil season two. Still, that you Iron gotta Fist. do Daredevil season two before you do Punisher. Yeah, I got about, about before Iron Fist, the, right? You, you gotta you, do, did, you gotta do Daredevil season two before Punisher. Okay, yeah. yeah. But also Iron Fist, you told me. Okay. But if you skip Iron Fist, then you don't need... Actually, I think I may have missed some stuff from Luke Cage, too. Because they kept talking about, like, Johnny Canada or some shit. Is that from Daredevil Season 2? Like some, like, Johnny Canada or some shit they kept referencing. I don't know what you're talking about. Fisher? Bobby Fisher? No. Like some, like, Bobby Canada or some shit. I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, I have so many notes. This is all a waste. Okay, go ahead and get started, man. Still not sure what I am. I'm just living my life, day to day. You should be out there helping people. You think I asked for any of this? I was put in some tank like an exotic fish. Came out with abilities. I just want to be left the hell alone. Well, that would be a waste. Everybody wants to be the king. Sometimes, if you want justice, you have to get it yourself. You want to go to war? I'll take you to war. You might be bulletproof, but Harlem ain't. This city is supposed to represent our hopes and dreams. Have to fight for what's right every single day. Yeah, my heart is full of you. Why don't you just tell us your name? A marvelous superhero has arrived. Fantastic Four. Hey everybody, welcome to the Marvel Superheroes Podcast. I'm Illumi Machine. with me is... Diablo Frank. And... Mr. Fix-It. And today we're going to talk about Marvel's Netflix's Luke Cage, starring Mike Coulter. Sweet Christmas. <laughs> we're late on this. Sorry, like, folks. Because well, I just looked, it, it debuted September of 2016. We're recording this in late November of 2017. That, that's mm- us. That's pretty much us. Well, well that's well, me. Netflix I, 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 I gotta take ownership of that. A lot of that's fucking me, because I am not exactly plowing through this Netflix stuff. I'm going to try to speed it up uh, in the near future. I've been catching up on the Marvel TV shows, especially the stuff from the core Marvel Cinematic Universe tie-in type shit. But I'll be honest with you. The Netflix shows have been a bit of a slog. I, love the, it. I think we know. talked, we established this in our Daredevil yeah. episode. And after or, was it Jessica Jones? It was Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Yeah. And after Daredevil season one and Jessica Jones season one, I just wasn't in a big rush to jump onto another 13 fucking episodes. Yeah. 13 hours. I think I waited, I don't know, probably at least a good four plus months 
once because I, I whenever we fin I've, we finished Jessica Jones and you were the problem with Jessica Jones weren't you? Yeah. Okay, missed fix it. But I think I, I waited until finishing Jessica Jones and maybe even recording on it, and then I started trying to watch Luke Cage. And I got like I, I was watching with Paquita, and Paquita tapped out. I think an episode or two in, she just had no interest in it. Was totally turned off. She hadn't been watching the Netflix stuff anyway. The only Netflix series she's made it through is Jessica Jones. Because we weren't watching it together while we were eating dinner, that really demotivated me to a large degree. But also because the first three episodes of Luke Cage especially, I was just not into it very much at all. I just couldn't get in there. Now, Mac, you actually finished it the first of us, right? Did no, you, did I you did. finish it? No, Fix it finished it? I think yep. you finished it first. Oh, the you day, finished first. Well, how did you I watch it? I wasn't too far behind the it. Day I, the day it came out, I came home from work. It was a Saturday. Got home, getting ready to go work out. Sat down. I said, hey, Luke Cage on. Hit play. Fucking 13 hours later. I was like, that was a hell of a ride. You binged the whole thing yep. in one day, huh? Mm -hmm. All Saturday and Sunday. How many times have you done that with the Netflix shows? Well, he had to do it with Jessica Jones, right? Because yeah, you were so far yeah, behind that. that one, you he had to catch up to y'all. But you had to because we made yeah, you Yeah, I mean, if, if it's a good show, I mean, like, Stranger Things, both of those, man, I blew through them. And I still had to go to work the next day. So I literally stayed up to like 3 in the morning, went to bed, was up at 7 to go to work the next day. Just, But I had to finish those shows. Yeah, I think we got through Stranger Things season two faster than season one. We got through that one real quick compared yeah. to certainly compared to the fucking Marvel so shows. I, the first part of Luke Cage is a little slow, but it picks up in the middle. And I was happy. I was digging it. I was liking the vibe until the very end. And then okay. just kind of lost it there. And then what about you, Mac? Well, the show sucked from start to finish. So uh, when did you finish it, though? How long did it take you to get through the series? Know. I don't remember. It, it took a while. Honestly, I would say it was probably after the first five or six episodes. And then I was... When Cottonmouth died... Because we're not going to recap the show, right? No, we're not recapping. After, re, after Cottonmouth what, died... What do we want to do? Like, maybe a two-minute version? version of the eight minute version i don't even watched? know how to to recap okay. the, the mess of this show what, okay. what, what do we uh, let's just talk what we I, honestly okay. I, seriously i have no idea how to recap the show okay uh, so we, we just won't recap it then yeah. okay it worked out pretty well what, we want to talk about memory. Cottonmouth. if you striker haven't watched the, the luke origin? cage show then it's probably not going to matter to you anyway but you want to talk about striker or diamondback or cottonmouth or the origin or the i mean well, it's how, just a, how about we come diarrhea no i don't even do that because i still want to do a luke cage comic book show and i thought we might try to fold it into this one but i think it's probably better off to just go ahead and do that as a separate entity yeah so we'll just treat Luke Cage as though it's its own thing. Just a re just a review. Luke Cage, a.k.a. Power Man, first appeared in Luke Cage Hero for Hire issue 1 in June of 1972. He was created by writer Archie Goodwin and artist John Romita Sr. and George Tuska. Good old Luke Cage was one of the first black superheroes in mainstream comic books. He wasn't the first, that title goes to Black Panther, but he was the first black superhero to get his own comic book title. When Luke Cage was first created, he was criticized by some who said the character was promoting racial stereotypes since he was initially involved in gangs. But either way, the character went on to evolve over the years and become a hit with fans, hence him getting his own Netflix series. Luke Cage is not a guy who's trying to be a hero. He has powers he didn't ask for. The woman he fell in love with is dead. And he was put in prison for a crime he didn't commit. Guess I can't trust nobody around here. Can I? Jessica Jones. After Jessica Jones, he goes uptown. He just wants to be left alone. Being a hero just puts a target on your back. Harlem is where he's hiding out. He ends up sweeping up here in a barbershop. But he finds Cottonmouth basically running Harlem. Cottonmouth. Cornell Cottonmouth Stokes owns his nightclub, Harlem's Paradise. But that's really a front because he's actually a gun runner. Everybody wants to be the king. Cage didn't want to get involved. What? I'm a freak. No. You're amazing. He's just trying to figure things out. You should be out there helping people. Reaper used to say the same thing. She was right. He just can't stand idly by him when things happen. You want Harlem, 
I don't want Harlem. I just want you to stop messing with it. If you see a need and you decide that it's your responsibility to address it, that's the hero's journey. I guess you guys haven't heard about me. Here, there are no capes. It's just I'm whooping ass. It's about who he is and and what he stands for. You know how the wind feels right before a big thunderstorm? Harlem's the same. Trouble smells a certain way. It's a really different vibe, a really different hero. You knocked down a few doors in the projects. Now, you Harlem's hero. <laughs> I'm just getting started. Where do you guys come at this from with regards to Luke Cage? Like, what, what, uh, what no, do you know this character? It, it's the same thing with Jessica Jones. I got but just no backstory. You, you've I, never I, read anything I, with Luke Cage? I mean, uh, maybe a few times. I had a bunch of old Iron Fist comics. Iron Fist or Power Man and Iron Fist? Oh, Power, Power Man, yeah. I'm sorry. Power Man and uh, Iron Fist. Okay. So, like, define old, though. Like, Oh, man. I'm trying to remember. I mean, what, and where were you? Well, okay. So, I read time? some. So, back in the day, my uncle, who actually collected comics, would throw the comics in, a like, a shoebox, and then they were thrown in the attic. So, when my, I had to go clean the attic, and I would find these treasures of 7 to 15 to 20 comic books from X-Men. I mean, it's whatever he read at the time, and he read all kinds of Marvel. So, I never had a complete storyline, but at that age, we're talking maybe 13, 14. I mean, just the fact I had comic books that weren't G.I. Joe where it's like fucking amazing. I was freaking out. I remember he had a lot of Incredible Hulk, a lot of Fantastic Four, and I still have a lot of those issues to this day. They hold sentimental value for me because I remember like, you know, my grandmother sending me into the, the attic to clean the attic and finding, you know, an old shoebox open it and there's just a stack of comics and I stopped working and read every comic. Some of them didn't make sense to me because they were like the second part of a, or a third part of a three-part series, but I just wanted to read them because at that time I was really getting into comics. I remember reading that and I remember always liking Luke Cage. And back. Do you, you know, remember any specific stories, or just not really? Yeah. I just I vaguely remember covers. I just remember him saying "Sweet Christmas," and for the longest time, not realizing like that was like cursing. Yeah, someone had to explain that because I remember thinking, "Why would it say Sweet Christmas?" And I remember talking to a friend. He's like, "Oh, it's like him cuss- cursing." I'm like, "Really?" Because yeah, he can't curse, so he says "Sweet Christmas," and then I was just like, "That was just much fucking cooler." Because yeah, I never heard Wolverine say "Sweet Christmas" or you know some kind yeah, of like just, coded, coded curse word. So it was almost kind of cool. And then uh, the next time I really got into it was when um, they did that Max series on him. Uh, the Brian Azzarello Cage. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to remember the, the artist's name. Richard Corbin? Yeah, Corbin. I hated the shit out of that one. I read, I think, the it first was, issue or so, it and it really... would just seem super fucking racist. Oh, Like, just massive stereotypes. I, I haven't read it in a very long time, but I remember I had a couple of friends that were black, my friends that were black, and they were just like, they either loved it, or were like fucking really turned off by it. I'm very critical, as you are very well aware, but I try not to make it personal. Yeah. Like it's like I may not like your art and I may savage your art, but I try to leave you as a human being alone. I really don't think I like Brian Azzarello as a human being based on his art because there's so much stuff in his work that just fucking pisses me off. I kind of think he might be a terrible human being. Things uh, like Cage don't help. I, I think you're putting too much on him. He's one of those writers. He's definitely a hit or miss kind of writer. Some stuff he does, I enjoy it. It's interesting. Some stuff he writes, and I'm just like, this is straight garbage. So I would put that book in the garbage category. But again, at the time, you also got to remember that 
that's when Max came out, and that was like a huge deal. It's like yeah, they were trying Marvel to be going R-rated, yeah. like cursing and showing nudity, and you know. Well, it's funny because uh, Max, to some degree, was being sold as Marvel finally getting to do their own Vertigo. But where Vertigo came out of like college goth kids type yeah. mentality, Max sometimes felt like shock jock jerky oh, no, boys it, kind it of totally mindset. Howard Stern type. Yeah, definitely a lot of that was. And then Marvel Knights was what Max Light, right? No, I wouldn't even go that far. Marvel Knights was just them doing more street level, darker storytelling, but still very much within the Marvel universe. It didn't they didn't go outside the bounds, just more realistic, more grounded, and a little bit heavier. But then, it, it was a dare like almost like a Daredevil subline. It's like let's have some more books that are like Daredevil. Okay, so like. then so I read some stuff there when he would pop up time. I, I was reading the regular Marvel books and I think we had just gone through Civil War. Where's the one where Osborne takes over Dark Reign? Dark Reign. I liked him because he was I believe at the time he was banging Jessica Jones already. Yeah, because uh, that, that was one were, of the first Max books. Yeah. And Dark, Civil War and Dark Reign all came after that, I think. And pretty so common in those, I mean, I can remember certain story arcs of his that I read. I remember at one point he was part of the Thunderbolts, keeping them under control. Right. Yeah, he, had, he, he was like, because Thunderbolts did their own take on Suicide Squad, yeah. and he was sort of like the Rick Flag of that yeah. version of the Thunderbolts, yeah. And I enjoyed him in that, too. He was just an enjoyable character, like, you know, it's Luke Cage. Where are coming from, those kind of fuzzy childhood memories plus a lot of the more recent stuff yeah. recently used to the and for me oh wait, wait, wait and I did have a, those uh, black light posters of him oh really I've yep. never seen that mm-hmm. that's cool my uncle had a bunch of black light posters that I had found I asked him if I could keep them he said sure and that's where I got my first Iron Maiden poster and he had I want to say there was a Black Panther one in there but I can't remember but I remember the Luke Cage one because there's one where he's like in this pose and Iron Fist is behind him doing his karate pose and when you would turn it off they would light up and the background would turn like jet black and then I had a bunch of half naked chick ones and the Judas Priest metal tiger thing jumping at you and that was it okay. so I remember those god I wish I still had those <laughs> well for me when I was growing up it was kind of barrio but I didn't really hang out with Latino kids when I was a, a younger kid I mean they had their community and we had our community and because it was a barrio it was everybody who wasn't Latino stuck together because <laughs> there weren't enough of any one of us to really have a community on our own so there were white kids there were black kids there were some Vietnamese kids tended to have best friends that were black kids and back in the day Luke Cage was the black superhero because he was the one that had his own title back in those days Black Panther wasn't appearing regularly anywhere he didn't have his own book there hardly was any superheroes of any kind of color that wasn't white and so if, if you had any interest in heroes of color like your books were things like Power Man and Iron Fist G.I. Joe which had a lot of diverse representation which people seem to I forget had X-Men had pretty good representation of not only minorities but also women <sighs> That's some of the only stuff I can think of off the top of my head back in the early 80s, late 70s. Well, I mean, Black Panther did have his miniseries. That was like fucking 86, 88, some shit like that. So that was, you know, the, as far as a monthly fix True. Uh, for, no, no, for, right. for Black character, you know, it was really kind of Power Man. And so I didn't personally collect a lot of issues of the book, but every one of the black friends I had growing up had Power Man and Iron Fist comic books because that was their guy. I enjoyed the character. He was never like one of my absolute favorites, but I always liked him. And he was the more interesting of the two by far. Iron Fist was sort of like the flat, boring, straight man. And Power Man was the one with all the personality, all the charisma. He had the swagger and he talked fast, he talked loud and he kicked ass and he was just a bigger than life figure. I dug that about him. I, especially I love, they had some house ads back then that Bill Sienkiewicz drew and two specifically. And one of them was Luke Cage basically screaming at the reader's face saying, why the fuck aren't you reading our book? Get to the comic book shop, get to the newsstand and buy our comic book or I'm going to kick your ass. And then Iron Fist is sort of like pointing to the side and going like, so my partner was telling you you need to do this and he's 
he's kind of upsettable. You, you probably ought to listen to him. That's probably the way to go. I like that interaction with the reader where they're talking directly to you. The Bill Sinkavich art was really nice too. And had some pretty good artwork in those books as well. Early Dennis Cowan when he was a more commercial style. Kerry Gamble did a, a lot of work for those books. Good looking stuff. If you go back further than I went, John Byrne used to draw the book for a little bit and it's just a good looking series. Also, it tended to have a little bit of a different voice than their other Marvel books because while they didn't have a lot of writers of color doing the book, women would write it instead. Like Joe Duffy was one of the long time writers on the book. It read differently. It had a different vibe coming off of it. But toward the end of the series, Christopher Priest took it over back when he was still Jim Owsley. He brought a very similitude to the writing of Power Made uh, and a, a lot more depth, a lot more subtlety. He was a little bit less of a bigger than life character, but he was still very much the Luke Cage that I remembered. See, I get nostalgic whenever I think about those books because it's such a part of that time period as a kid. And also, while I wasn't like super aware of race back then, I couldn't help but notice that, oh, all the black kids have Power Man and Iron Fist comics because that's the one they got. So I, I was, I had a consciousness of what Luke Cage meant to those kids growing up. And, and I think there's truth in that to this day. I think there's a lot of people that grew up in that same time period as me and earlier than me who put a lot of weight behind Luke Cage because he was their guy, the one guy they had, uh, consistently every month in a book. And yeah, he may have needed to team up with Iron Fist and keep that book, but he was a great pairing and Iron Fist was the weaker link of those two because, I mean, Power Man had already run, they took over his numbering. I think the book had already run about 50 odd issues and Iron Fist was only 14 issues or so. And they kept it going for about 125 issues before Jim Shooter canceled it because he wanted to clear out a bunch of the so-called Deadwood to make way for his new universe titles. So it, it never got canceled because of particularly poor sales. It wasn't a strong seller, but it sold okay. But it got killed for Jim Shooter's hubris, basically. Did they at least finish the story arcs and stuff? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, it, it had one of those infamous scorched earth endings. Obviously, Jim Owsley was pretty pissed off to have his book canceled for no good reason. And so he ended it on a fucked up note. You actually gave me a copy of the last issue of the book. I don't know if you remember really? that. So. Oh, cool. Um, Yay for me. But yeah, I, I haven't liked the Luke Cage of recent years, though. I really, the, the point of demarcation for me is fucking Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah. But I figure that you're not particularly fond of either. I Thank God they sent him to DC. God damn, they sent him to DC. <laughs> I could deal with him at Marvel. Now he's, but thankfully I don't buy a lot of DC books anymore anyway. So it just gives me another reason not to buy DC products. Until he takes on Wonder Woman. I'm sure, well, Wonder Woman isn't exactly in a great place right now either. The right. writer who's doing the book is someone I've actually met and talked to and I like him as a writer, but they're, they're having him do shit that I don't want him to do. And so I'm not supportive of his run on the book. So yeah. unfortunately, but anyway, Bendis. <sighs> took Luke Cage out of his costume and especially there's a lot of artwork in the early days of him writing him where he's bare chested running around with chains and shit I don't know if a white Jew needs to be doing this sort of imagery with the character I never cared much for his take on them it felt to me like they turned Luke Cage into Jessica Jones's boyfriend a lot of the time they made him an Avenger my understanding of the character finds that to be fundamentally incorrect thing to do with Luke Cage they haven't been a member of the Avengers in the same way you should never have Spider-Man be an Avenger it's one of those things where it's sort of a contentious matter in fan circles but I think that you break the concept of the Avengers and the concept of Spider-Man by putting those two together and the same is true with Luke Cage he just doesn't belong in that environment I, I, I couldn't stand any of the stuff that Ryan Michael Bendis did with him and I, I do think that having him work with the Thunderbolts was an interesting idea they've done some good stuff around the changes that Bendis had but I miss that he no longer got to be a superhero he was just a dude who had powers I, I, I thought that that minimized the character to a great extent 
seemed so much more boring. He just kind of flattened out as a character. One of my big problems with the Luke Cage TV show is it really feels like this is the Brian Michael Bendis oh, yeah, Luke Cage absolutely. on the show. And Mike Coulter is a handsome guy, and he's certainly a big buff dude. Don't think he has any fucking charisma, though. He's kind of a bimbo, as far as I'm concerned, because I-, I could totally see where chicks would be like, wow, he's really hot, but there just doesn't seem to be much beyond the physical form, you know? And, and I'll cop to, so during the Jessica Jones podcast, I really liked him in Jessica Jones. I was very hyped to see a Mike Coulter, Luke Cage series, and a few episodes in, I was like, wow, I was fucking wrong. Because <laughs> this dude is the most manila envelope. If you told me that dude was from Atlanta, wherever he was supposed to be from and then had grown up in Harlem I would tell you you're freaking joking especially when they'd have him like for slang I'm like come on dude uh, it's just I don't believe it man I'm sorry I, I, I it's not working for me it's taking me out of your dialogue whenever you drop the word hood or whatever like uh, it, it doesn't work man he sounds like somebody's dad trying to drop some slang out yeah. of nowhere he doesn't sell that shit no, at all it, it just doesn't and I miss, me, I miss I swung and missed on that one because I thought he was going to be really good yeah for me growing up in the 80s the obvious parallel was old B.A. Baracus. You know, Mr. T had that kind of personality, that big swagger of Luke Cage back in the day. Didn't look like him at all, but that kind of attitude. Today, it's like Terry Crews would have been my Luke Cage, you know? And Mike Coulter is no fucking Terry Crews. There's, no. there's just such an absence of personality there that really hurt. For me, the show picked up a lot with the episode four. They enjoyed all the callbacks to the comic book continuity. They were surprisingly faithful to the comic book origins of the character, which we're going to get into at a later time. While we do an episode focused on the early comics, but seeing Coulter with the hair, with the tiara, with the bracelets, which was, I think, toward the end of that particular episode, gave me a thrill. And yet, I still managed to go months after the fourth episode before I continued on to the fifth. And yeah. it's because Coulter is just such a void. Well, I'm not going to put it all on him. I took notes on every episode because I still wasn't sure when, when we were doing these. Because yeah. originally, we were going to do the Daredevil one. We were going to do an episode of the podcast for like a couple episodes of Daredevil. And then we, we hadn't worked it out yet. Now we're going to do it. So I took notes on every episode. You read the first couple episodes and I'm just like I got tons of notes and I've got lots of exclamation points I was into it and the third I'm like whoa Cottonmouth the bazooka when he blows up that building like it came out of nowhere that was funny and then episode 5 Rosario Dawson shows up and then in episode 6 I got it bolded halfway through it's episode 6 and I'm still waiting for the action to pick up and when you're 6 hours 6 hours into a show and there have been 2 action sequences that hallway fight or whatever and then the bazooka shot in the whole freaking show to that point uh, i was losing patience quickly and unfortunately it started doing what every other netflix fucking show does you just start recycling it's mariah and cottonmouth we're in harlem oh, whatever the, yeah and the now- worst thing about those early episodes is it seemed like at least twice an episode they're gonna just stop everything and let's have talkie talkie moment alfie woodard and mahershala ali because they both uh, are, are, are like oh you know award-winning actors they're just gonna stop and just chat and we're just supposed to be fucking riveted by them sharing screen time together like it was fucking Robert De Niro and Al Pacino in Heat or some shit and it was fucking lame ass name dialogue the scenery up yeah and just boring as fucking hell and actually that was a big thing that I think that bumped me I don't know if it was the fourth or fifth episode but I was like I get that fourth episode I was like yeah the show's finally starting to kick up and then they had another couple of scenes like that I'm like I'm out again and then like they were trying to do the where every episode at the bar they're gonna have a different musical artist like they had yeah. Yeah. which hey, I actually kind of dug yeah. that though that was one of my they, favorite things Abandon that later. That went well, away. Well, no, it, it, it falls back and then it kind of comes back to some degree, but never to the degree of the, the earlier. The problem episodes. is you got to keep putting me in the freaking bar every time, and you show a snippet of the song, but then the rest of it is, hey, we're going to talk about something you're doing politically that I don't like, and uh, hey, now yeah. I'm going to go do. I'm 
going to tug on my jacket like this a lot while I talk to you. And now you're going to sit back there in your chair and then you're going to get upset because I'm talking to you this way. Now you're going to, I'm going to get upset because you're talking to me this It happened every fucking episode. And I just didn't care. I didn't care. And honestly, look, I, they may be awarded actors. I thought from start to finish, every actor in this entire show was horrific. I, uh, thought, I, I definitely strongly disagree with that. Who, who was, who was the cop? Who was the chick? Misty played? Knight. Misty Knight. She was terrible, dude. The most dry line delivery. And maybe it's because they're trying to get Mike Coulter to do something. I don't know. But it was just dry, it's, it's tough repetitive. It's to act against a rock. Dry, you know? repetitive line delivery. And, and it, it could be the writing, too. Uh, now, I could say it could be the writing. Oh, they're, absolutely. They're probably acting the scene out saying, didn't we just do the scene in different clothes? Didn't we just do the scene? So let's try and make it a little bit different. But, I mean, look, honestly, over the 13 episodes, how much was Mike Coulter really even in this show? Yeah, it, he was on it a fair amount. This was the Black Mariah Cottonmouth show. Is what this And Shades show. Well, That's I, what this show was. Uh, this was all Shades, Black Mariah, and Cottonmouth. 90% of the freaking time. And, and I, Shades... That, that your numbers are way off, but we'll, we'll address that. Okay, well, I mean, we'll compute this, it later. This is, this is you getting your, your rant on, though, so I'll, just, I'll lay so, back. And, uh, again, you, you tell me Shades is a good actor? The dude that plays Shades is freaking horrible, dude. And he wouldn't go away. And then we get rid of Cottonmouth. Nope, Shades is still... Shades, every single episode. Oh, Shades was in the prison. Shades knows Mike over here. Sh- uh, sh- oh, they're going to try and kill Shades. Can't kill Shades. Shades come back. I mean, I don't care about any of these freaking characters. What does this have to do with Luke Cage? I wanted them to all die. I wish the bazooka would have killed freaking Luke Cage in episode three or whatever, and we would have ended this. Because, and then, of course, the show jumps the shark, and we get Cottonmouth dead, which I actually, I was pretty surprised they killed Cottonmouth. But the fact that you replaced him with Stryker, and I'm Stryker now, and I'm taking over Harlem, and I'm like, who freaking cares, dude? They've been talking about you for six, seven, eight, nine episodes. We don't want Stryker to show up. And the dude shows up, and he's a freaking clown man I, then he was then he was had power gloves and a, and a justin hammer suit and they're fighting i'm like this show sucks oh anyway go ahead take it away i'm having post i'm having a traumatic stress well, see, i was a little this. disappointed because when we were introduced to Cottonmouth, i really thought they were going to do something like the serpent society or something Cottonmouth and diamondback and i was like oh, okay cool they're not going to be costume villains but they're going to be you know was there a diamondback they, 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 no they're they are that's from the luke cage comics those characters are pre-existing oh, really? from the comics they're, and they don't have anything to do with the Serpent Society. Yeah. But the they just, they just, the, yeah. Shares the same name. Matter of right? fact, I'm not even sure if they have anything to do with each other in the comics. I think they're just two separate villains. Because D- Diamondback in the Capcom is a chick, right? Stri- Striker no, I think was Diamondback. Might, no, no, no. Dim- but Diamondback, Willis Striker is Diamondback from the Luke Cage comics that predated the Diamondback. Right, I'm saying the, the Serpent Society Diamondback is a woman. Like, this right, is how totally different, different, yeah, this is how totally different, different thing. these yeah. names oh, okay. and people I, I thought they were going to try to do something like that because at the time I was kind of lost in who the real villain was because Cottonmouth is kind of the villain but then his cousin's more of a villain and then Shades represents the villain that they're all scared of and, and I was just kind of like uh, who's like, the big baddie? Did like, anybody care when Cottonmouth died and now they're going to groom Black Mariah to take over Cottonmouth's play? Like who cares? Oh, she's going to take over the bar and still be in impo- Who cares about any of this shit? Like I, I just I didn't care. I didn't And all it was was just more screen time for Black Mariah to talk about whatever the hell she was talking about. It was just yeah. uh, hours and hours and hours of it and it was mind-numbingly painful i liked his origin story and that's the only episode that really stands out to me that i enjoyed the rest of me right was it lacked direction and then man when they're trying to get the bullet out of him and they dip him in the acid there was more i even have a note about it there's more 
pseudoscience mumbo jumbo that they cram into that episode. Well, let's try and use the acid. We're going to dip in and then we're going to turn the acid up and then turn the acid down and then we're going to cut it out. And then he was just like, fine, five seconds later. It was like, all of it was bad. Sorry. I'm going to continue to say things I thought was really bad because the show was really, 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 really bad. Okay. Allow me to retort <laughs> once I got back into the show again because I decided that I wanted to do a sweet Christmas Luke Cage episode. I was tired of putting this off. These Marvel shows just kept piling up and piling up and it was kind of a shit or get off the pot thing. And I was not going to have the show that I stopped covering Marvel TV shows be Luke Cage, okay? Uh, given childhood, given the, the weight that character has behind him. And I'm glad I didn't because I really enjoyed the series. It's just that it took a long fucking time to get going and it, to my mind it's the second season basically or the second series to put it in more British terms. The first half of the season with and I, and I, I like Mahershala Ali. I thought he was really good. I liked the uh, hidden figures I've seen. That one was really good. I haven't seen the, the one he got the Oscar for yet. Cottonmouth fucking sucked. He was fucking boring. His conversations with Mariah were fucking a drag to get through. I did not find those characters had any fucking chemistry. It was just such a fucking bore. And then they get the episode where they're giving you the origins of those two characters. And it's like, this is some weak ass wannabe kingpin shit. This is nowhere near as cool, nowhere near as well written or as impactful as the kingpin shit. And then Mariah killed him. And I was like, holy shit, what the fuck just happened? Because they just before that, like an episode before that, it felt like the whole series was wrapping up. And you're like, wait, they fucking, they got the, they got the crooked cop and he's dead and they got his notebook and they're bringing everybody in and then they, 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 uh, Luke Cage is pretty much already wrecked Cottonmouth anyway and started all of his money out. It's like, how long is this series going to run? Cause I thought, is this only going to be like an eight episode? And I look, he's like 13. Fuck me. 13. How the hell is this going to be 13? Well, the reason why is because, like you said, the big twist is the villain that they've been setting up all this time. The guy who's supposed to be the kingpin fucking gets iced by his goddamn cousin and everything's uh, up for grabs after that. And unlike you, once Ali was out of the way, once Cottonmouth was out of the way, Mariah was given a chance to shine and I thought that she was a lot more interesting when she was on her own and being thrown out of her element from being a political animal to being a wannabe semi-crime lord but very much a reluctant one at that. I always like Shades. From the very beginning, I like that actor. I like that slithery quality he had. Off. Turn your mic off. No, I like him. I like Shade, him. Sorry. This, that dude was like Shades. C-level Cinemax movie. No. no, he was big. He was a big performance but sometimes you can go big. You don't always respond well to big. This was the Shades show. I'm telling you Shades was in the show Sh- more than Sh- And I like Shades. I like Shades a lot. I'm glad that he's still around going into the second season. Oh, because I like sign me up. Sign yeah. me up for Shades season two, yeah. please. He went full Theo Oakley's. Rossi. It's, it's yeah. Shades season two, the full Oakley's. I thought he was slithery and slimy and just really fucking cool. I enjoyed the fact that he is like a through line because he's there for Luke Cage's origin. He's there for the transition from Cottonmouth to Mariah. I like too that he thought that he was going to be a mastermind. He's going to take over the club and the striker shows up and is like, bitch, you're lucky I ain't killed you yet and the jury's still out on that shit. I thought that he had a lot of interesting things to do throughout the series and I'm glad that he was in the show as much as he was because one of the things I really liked about Luke Cage is unlike Jessica Jones and to a lesser extent Daredevil, this was a series that didn't try to make the whole show about the lead character which is great because Mike Coulter is the weak link on the goddamn show and if they tried to do 13 episodes about that guy, I know I would have tapped out because the first four episodes are all about that guy and that guy's a fucking bore. But all the characters surrounding him I really enjoy and again that was the big problem with those early episodes like the first six is that the two actors that I think are the least interesting characters the least interesting performances are dominating those episodes once Cottonmouth's gone and they're focusing on everybody but Luke Cage it seemed like that's when the show started working for me Alfred Woodard got better because she had more stuff to do I didn't love her but I loved that she had a different energy and a different way of approaching things than any of the other characters we'd seen on these shows so far 
I actually really like Simone Messick as Misty Knight. I liked her from the very beginning. She was one of the main things that was helping me get through those early episodes is I liked that character. I liked the, the energy that she brought. I liked her intensity. I thought that Misty Knight was fucking cool and I really wanted to watch the Misty Knight show. I didn't give a shit about Luke Cage's show. I dug Misty. And one of the best things that happened is when she started having all those moments with Rosario Dawson. Claire Temple, I think, is an awesome character. I love that character. I've enjoyed her throughout the Netflix series. And having those two women pitted against each other at one point and then teaming up later on I fucking loved it they were so intense they were two very strong women that are strong in very different ways I think that this show is very much driven by those two lead actresses I think it's a very woman driven series just like with Alfred Woodard when she takes over as the villain it's the women that are driving the show that are carrying this fucking show the guys are kind of the dead weight throughout this and so I really plugged into those characters and I'm always down for Rosario Dawson anyway I fucking love her to pieces to see this new actress that I wasn't familiar with is Simone Messick I thought she did a great performance I especially loved when she the criminal gets a drop on her um, striker and she has that episode that's all about her where she's had a basically a, 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 an emotional breakdown based on having been in a situation where she nearly dies by her own gun they break her down in a way that is I think more interesting and more healthy and more heroic than the way they broke down the female characters in Jessica Jones which got nasty and gross at times where with Luke Cage I really think that they were able to break their heroines and make them human without diminishing their heroism in fact to a lot of grades they make it greater because in the case of Misty Knight she makes mistakes that cost people their lives but in the case of Jessica Jones it's like she's I think very much culpable to a lot of those fucking deaths that happen I think she's a horrible person and so much of the shit is entirely her fault where in the case of Misty Knight she makes mistakes that you understand why she makes those mistakes you see the circumstances that led her to those mistakes and you know that she's going to do her very best to rectify that because they're really believable human understandable choices that she made Claire Temple to me to a large degree is a salvation for these Netflix series I just love her to pieces she gets physical sometimes she does have to have fights and stuff but I love that at the end of the day she is a healer she doesn't want to kill anybody she tries not to hurt anybody there's that one moment where she kicks the guy down the stairs and then she stops and checks to make sure he's okay because she's not a killer that's not who she is there's that moment where she confronts the doctor that creates Luke Cage and she's like you know if you did the things to me that you did to him I would kill you but neither one of them are killers they reinforce that over and over again in the TV shows that these are two characters that will do everything possible to avoid killing because it's just not who they are as people the show just completely turns around for me once they kill off Cottonmouth because all these other characters come to the fore and I like Stryker and yes it is a huge performance turn your enormous, micro- turn your microphone off it dude. is an enormous performance I totally understand where you're coming from with that uh, <laughs> Eric <laughs> Eric Larray Harvey I think he was doing his best to channel especially later on in the season there were a lot of Pulp Fiction dots that's one of the reasons why I little, dropped that little note in there myself you got him the whole son of the preacher man thing he was doing his best Sam Jackson and while he wasn't Sam Jackson I still enjoyed the performance and how it recalled some of Sam Jackson's bigger performances and I, I think that that's the kind of character you have to go big on I liked when he goes in there and he kills off all the gangland guys I, got, I like that they make it clear that he's not really a strategist he's sort of like the Joker where he's this guy who just creates all kinds of chaos and then manages to turn the chaos to his advantage but he's not a Machiavellian schemer amongst a bunch of people that are like that he's a guy who's just like a crazy fucking force of nature badass and I have a lot of fun with that even when he puts on the fucking ridiculous costume at the end the thing of it is that costume is not Diamondback's costume from the comics but it recalls that to some degree and it recalls the kind of villains that Luke Cage had Luke Cage had some funky fucked up villains he really got the dregs he got the guys that would be on the top of the Scourge of the Underworlds list of people you could just go ahead and kill off and so even though it wasn't comic book accurate it was accurate reflection of what he would normally face and so it was definitely very cheesy it was very goofy it was definitely low rent but it actually kind of was like the Luke Cage comic books back in the 70s I kind of dug that aspect to it as well and once 
again with these Netflix shows, the series ends 10 minutes into the last episode, and then you have this weird coda thing that sets up the following season. I could have done without that. I agree with, I think it was Mr. Fixit who was saying there was that last episode that broke him on the show. But I guess in part because I also binged it, I ended up watching the last seven or eight episodes in the span of a day or so. I forgave it because it was more of a piece and I didn't look at it as its own isolated thing. I thought that the writing on this series, I had some issues with some of the stuff that they did in the series, like some stuff that I thought was really dumb, in particular when the dirty cop has been shot and they're trying to get him to police headquarters so he can testify. The fight choreography of that whole sequence was terrible. The fight choreography of that the series is terrible. Because I don't think Mike Coulter can fight. I don't think he's I don't, I don't think he's capable of doing stunts like that and I don't think they can double him effectively. And so he just walked Walks around and goes blump, blump, blump. One of the best things they did in the, uh, as the series progressed was he just started slapping people in the head to knock them out, which avoided that because at least he, the dude can effectively slap a guy on the head and they just go boom. And then we don't have to deal with his terrible fight choreography. But I feel like the show was reasonably well written. I think that sometimes they had to, because when we attack the writing on a show, it's difficult because what people write into a script isn't necessarily what becomes the show because they have to make all these allowances and all these people have their input and things change on the day because they don't have the budget to do it. They don't have the time to do it. The actors decide they're improvising shit I felt like there was good strong writing from episode to episode that sometimes got derailed by issues with the production but I think they were smart to break the story into basically two major sections the cottonmouth section and the striker section and I really enjoyed the striker section so much that it lifted up the entire series for me and again I, I think that they've got not only do they have people of color writing the book but they also started the series but also they have women of color writing it and I think that really showed in the female characters because they were so much better realized really than anybody else on the show but certainly within the superhero genre having women characters of color be represented so well being so multidimensional having such excellent actresses play them and just having so much to do yeah I totally disagree I think I think most of the exchanges were really dry and corny and a lot of I say this then you say this then I say this then you say it was just really just I thought it was dry, but, dry and corny is a, that's a, to me that's a great description of this entire 13 episodes it was just dry corny and repetitive over and over and over again or how about you know they, they spit the first what was it six episodes well you know cottonmouth you want to afford these bullets but we can't go we can't talk to diamondback we can't go to diamondback i'm gonna go to diamondback oh my god well, look what happens when they do he fucks well, all kinds of shit up except i thought diamondback was this well i thought diamondback was the kingpin that's who i was thinking was man diamondback must have some real fucking resources right oh well who were his resources when he came to get kate oh just himself nobody no he, he's using shades he's using all the cottonmouth guys i'm like where, i thought this guy was bringing like an army with him and instead it's just himself creeping around with that dumb look on his yeah, but face because he's the fucking joker it's like you don't bring the fucking joker into this he's fucking crazy he's dangerous as shit he's not quite the joker he's like a few different batman villains merged together but it's a situation you don't want striker you don't want diamondback once he's involved with this shit everything's gonna get fucked up and that's exactly what happens that was before i realized he was a freaking power ranger i thought that it was oh. i thought it was because he was has you think cotton mouse reaches big he's only just harlem striker's got guys everywhere you're just like a small pocket of striker's whole freaking thing we never don't see any of it he shows up and he's depending on guys like shades to do this dirty work for him and stuff well, because he's a hands-on guy he does it it's not that he has these vast resources is that he himself is I, a fucking killing no, machine it's because he has vast resources that's why he can afford millions of dollars but, billions but of dollars it, in hammer but, yeah, tech like, and he can mass produce this freaking jesus judas, bullet. judas bullet or whatever the dude has got uh, he's well, no, using the, he's the using exo, exo armor for, yeah i thought the exo armor was so and he's going light. around punching cops and trying to frame luke this is the stupidest shit ever i don't know where you're coming with this from uh, i mean well and that, that is actually the one thing that did bother me 
is I wish they hadn't made them literal brothers and having it be a brother versus half brother situation and stuff. That's not from the comics. They were they were childhood friends and they were they competed over Reva's affections and stuff. Those tweaks didn't make it stronger. I thought it was kind of silly. All the they're both well, competing the, for their and that was another fathers. Fight at the end was horrible. That was silly. That was the, really the silly. But, but it was silly in a cheesy way that reflected the comics of the day. But so even I then, I think they went against their own continuity because I thought they were pretty clear that Reva and Luke Cage were married, right? They were married. Well, in this show, they weren't. It seems like... It, it, no, when they, he, when they he were. Gets, when thought, he gets out of... No, I thought he escapes from prison and that's like the last she ever sees of him. No, they get they came back up again because he's with her before she gets killed. she has killed. all the information about the experiments and she's going to break open the case. Yeah, they, they run away together. After after it gets put loose, she leaves her life and they run away together. And then they and she get gets married. Killed. Yeah. I don't think I remember that. I just... I have, again, I've seen the show a year ago. Whatever. And that was so another I'm, thing I'm scrolling through my like, notes though, and, I, and I'm confused around whether or not they were married yeah. because they don't I, ever really talk about them actually getting married and having a married life together. Yeah. And it, the the timeline is fuzzy from when she gets killed and when the, he escapes from prison. It just seems like the timeline is not... There's no so way to it, tell it's how a, It's long. a little funky. But I like, too, that they got rid of St. Riva, too. I like that she was given more dimension, too, that she was manipulating him. Obviously, she did love him because she invested in him. She she abandoned her life and ran away with him and stuff. So she obviously did love him and he was obviously struggling with the fact that he deified her and then to find out that she was a major negative impact on his life as much as she was a positive one. I like that that gave her more dimension, too. So there's just a lot about the show I really enjoyed, but it's mostly the latter six episodes or so, the latter half of it. When does uh, Cottonmouth die? He lies in, like, episode five or six. Yeah, I was saying. Because can, no, what, eight. It's it either eight. the end of seven or the beginning of eight. Okay. Yeah, because Cottonmouth gets released from prison. In the comics, I think he had gadgets. Because literally, uh, it, it, it's actually a combo at Shades and Comanche that are the villains in the Luke Cage comics, and he does run around with those sunglasses, and both of them had these ridiculous costumes with most of Luke Cage's villains were gadget-based. Diamondback had exploding daggers and shit. So they were always okay. cheesy, just like in the show. So even though they're not exact analogs, it was like the comics. And the comics were cheesy like that. What, what's dumb is that, I mean, at the end, God, the end of that last horrific episode, then like Mariah and Shades are all making out, right? Don't they like make out at the end of it? So now the two of them are going to take over and be crime lords? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't have a problem with that either. It's kind of... Right, right. Except that was the last several episodes was Shades and Mariah take, filling in for Cottonmouth. And then Striker's not dead. Striker's still alive. And now you see Striker's going to get superpowers. Yeah, so instead of having but, but a everybody's super, at war with everybody. It's instead not, of having a super armor, now he's just going to be super power. I'm telling you, season two looks like it's going to be exactly the fucking same as season one. Yeah. It's going to be, it's gonna be not, Shades not, of Mariah and Striker I'm not reviewing season two, though. I, I, I'm just saying, I was like, you couldn't even end the show with a glimmer of hope that this is going to go anywhere. We're going to get more superpowered Strike. Like, and, and, let's and get some I new characters. It, yeah, but but you, you don't like any of the characters. So for you, it's like, oh, God, I have to deal with these people again. Where for me, it's like, no, I like these guys. I'm looking forward to seeing them again. I'm actually going to be able to dive into Luke Cage season two because I like those characters. I like where the series went and I do think that the writing is there too so I'm looking forward to it actually I don't think I'm going to be I mean, now if it ends up being a slog I'll probably tap out just like I did previously but I'm leaving the season one anxious to see season two <laughs> Worst Netflix show I've watched to this point. Not even, it's not even close. Daredevil oh, was no. way better than this show. Okay. Jessica Jones was way better than this show. I, I told you, I'm, I haven't even what watched, I, I made one episode in. Oh, that's why I'm actually looking forward to Iron Fist because I've watched Inhumans it, and it's so terrible. I'm like, how bad must Iron Fist be? You know, I'm on record. I'm on record that I wanted to watch Iron Fist just to see if people just had it out for it because uh, there was targets all over Iron Fist before yeah, it ever I thought, came out. I thought it might be getting targeted too. I'm telling you, dude, Luke Cage 
was so bad. I don't want to watch any more of these shitty Netflix shows. These shows are shit, dude. They're shit. They're 13 hours of garbage. And the more I watch a Stranger Things that's eight episodes or nine episodes or Ozark that's maybe 10 episodes, I keep, I'm just scratching my head. Why the hell do these shows have to be 13 hours long? I just, I don't freaking understand it, man. And you know, I've heard some decent things about Punisher to this point. I, I don't want, I know to watch Punisher, I probably have to watch a little Defenders and I just, Actually, or I, I have to would. go, I, have I don't to go, think you need to. Or I have to go refresh my Marie on Daredevil season two, which Daredevil season two is fine, but I'm done with it. I don't want to watch it anymore. I, I hate, stop making me call back. You're, it's like one There's maybe a little season. too interconnectivity, a little when, too much. When you right? think about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? These shows are two hours. These movies are two hours at a time, right? So how many total Marvel Cinematic Universe movies are to this point? Like 18, I think they're up to now. Okay, so 18 times And they're two. all a little over two hours, roughly. So, like, so two, day, two days of your life to watch them all. 36 roughly. to 40 hours of Marvel Cinematic Universe. You've now got 13 hours. You've got 26 hours of Daredevil, 13 hours of Jessica Jones, 13 hours of Luke Cage, 13 hours of Iron Fist. Oh, Eight, yeah. eight hours of Defenders, and now you're going to have 13 hours of Punisher. Like, that is so much. When you put it in that kind of context, you see what the Marvel Cinematic Universe has accomplished with two hours at a time. Why the hell do you need 13 to well, tell and, a freaking Daredevil arc? And, and like, not just that, too. As someone who watches Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., while they have season-long arcs, usually it's actually several different arcs within a given season. At least there's two mega arcs in each season, roughly. But each individual episode is much more of a unit of entertainment, where all the Netflix shit which my main problem with Netflix shit is they all have the same fucking villains over all the fucking episodes they're telling one continuous story for the most part and again that's part of what was so refreshing for me with Luke Cage is you did get two related but somewhat contained stories where it just like okay we're gonna stop here and then we're telling basically a new story I can't deal with the same story varied across 13 episodes you know they need to make individual shows individual episodes and not try to tell me one gigantic movie and if they do it better be fucking Stranger well, Things too. It? it better not be fucking you know, wasn't the last season of uh, Shield like just one story arc? No, because remember the whole, the whole thing started with dealing with Inhuman stuff and Ghost Rider, and then they stopped that, and then they yeah. started dealing with the LNDs and Ada, yeah. and then they start, and then toward the end they marry all that together and uh, with the Hydra and the mainframe watching, and everything. Yeah. So I would say there's up to three overarching stories that yeah, all get tied together. You're at right, the end. you're right. They did. They take yeah. like a little break, right? Like a mid-season break. That too, That's yeah. Right. So I mean, like when you look at Captain America, just look at Captain America one and two. That's four hours of Captain America. That's a lot of really good material in four hours and then when you consider to tell one story for daredevil it took 13 hours there's just something wrong man there's something wrong that you I can, think, you, can I, you can tell me captain america the first avenger story and tell me civil war and, and tell me uh fuck there's civil war in there too you can show winter soldier and civil war that's six a little over six hours of story closer to eight that's like not even close to one season of one of these netflix shows right i, it, no, but I, all way I, too long. I think that they're starting to trim them down i mean defenders was only what eight well that's because they the yeah, cast but, was so long but isn't they're, punisher they're, back up to 13 again i don't know i haven't yeah I, I think the only, I, i'm assuming I, punisher was i think that tr- the only reason why defenders was shorter is because it's literally tying up the cast of all their shows for one show so that's why it's shorter run because they know that you want to see the entire cast for a majority of the episodes so everything has to grind to a halt until they knock out defenders so that's probably why it's like most and just the expense too because so they got to pay for all those lead actors it's 13 13 for uh punisher. for punisher yeah. 
Oh, 51, 57, 57, 49, 55, 54, a good 54, episodic 49. character, too. I hope that they're doing a more episodic series. Where he can go after. Yeah, no, yeah. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. It'll be, yeah, no it, it'll be him guys. It'll be him going after whoever killed his family or some shit for 30. Even though they oh, I heard something about, no, the real reason your family was killed is like, no, oh, fuck yeah. off. You're I don't want to hear it. And he's going to almost defeat them around episode four, and then something bad's going to happen to him, and they're going to come back in episode eight, and then they're going to have the final knockdown drag out in episode 13, where he wins. That's what it's going to be. But where they get away to be for the next season. It's the way, and they do this every single freaking series. It's exactly the same. They don't fight in a hallway. <laughs> and I used to defend these Netflix series because I thought Daredevil was really something new and different. Mm-hmm. But it was something new and different. It was just all wrong. This is just all, this is not the way to do these shows, in my opinion. This is the wrong way to do it, especially when you see so many shows coming out that show you the right way to do it on Netflix. Netflix can look to their own shows and see a better way to do this. And I don't know if it's because of how contracts have well, been signed or what. But. Yeah, and I think, well, that's the thing too with Netflix too, is they have to be looking at their end game now because the, the deal is going to end from what I understand. And I don't know if those shows are going to port over to the Disney streaming no, network not. or not. They, okay, so they, they're just going to have to end. So the good thing is maybe in the upcoming seasons, now that they know that's the case because that's a fairly recent development, they'll start working toward an end game and realizing, okay, we're going to wrap this up. We got to tell what we got to tell now. All that shit we were going to do across five seasons, we got to cram that into two seasons. Let's get this shit done and really make it happen. So that'd be nice. I don't think that's going to happen, but that'd be nice. What I've read about Netflix is they still have the contract with DC, so all their DC shows get ported over. They're going to lose. Well, Warner doesn't have a streaming service they're coming yeah. out with, so that's well, part of Well, Disney's going to pull them out, but a lot of independent comics now are going. Oh, no, they do, though. Who? DC's going to have its own streaming service. DC specifically, because that's what the Titans show is going to be on. It's oh, for I that platform. That. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. This was, my, this was my fear of cord cutting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It just means that you're going to have to choose your team and support your, your yep. specific team yeah. instead of getting a variety. And it, it'll end up costing the same amount as you're paying right and, now. And you'll, have, you'll end up having and, less. And you'll have a bunch of fucking extraneous shows that you wouldn't want that you're stuck with. Except you'll be like, yeah. oh, you know, I'll keep my Netflix subscription. It's only eight bucks. Oh, I'll keep my Hulu. It's only four ninety nine. Oh, I'll keep it. But really, you're not adding it all up. And when you add it all up, plus you've debundled your internet, so your internet's now sixty bucks a month because well, they're going to keep charging more and more and more for internet. It's going to collapse gonna... in on itself, though. I think what you're going to see happening is that these new channels are going to be like two bucks a month eventually because people aren't going to fucking support oh, yeah, no, fifteen I, different dis- fucking the, things. The Disney one, they already threw something in their face. This guy walked up and said, "Why do I want to pay five dollars a month when I can just go buy all the movies and I'm done and I got your movies and I can watch them whenever I want?" I guess they're going to start doing original content and stuff but oh no that's what they're pushing i mean that's what's bugging me with hulu you hulu's got some really nice content coming out i've noted like yeah, they've the got run, some really runaways i want to see good. i want to see runaways for instance but there's a, well, there's a number of hulu series that look well, really my interesting is to me netflix so. is starting to i guess you would say incubate a lot of these independent comics that are coming up well yeah they bought, they bought miller Mars, Mars. Yeah. yeah and they're gonna do something like that which i think in the long run is gonna be a plus because if you're a marvel or dc fan you're already gonna you're already gonna pick your camp you're gonna sit there but it's nice to know that netflix is maybe doing not even fucking walking dead but like doing paper girl or you know fucking descend or wicked like these books that you wouldn't get money it's funny how you don't mention a single miller book and that's the one thing they gotta be well no because the miller books they're gonna they're just probably gonna do like i have no idea no I, I they're gonna go for all, this they're gonna replace the fucking marvel netflix with miller stuff i'm telling you and i guarantee yep. fucking to you that's the fucking game plan they're gonna phase out marvel they're yep. gonna go off to the disney network and i don't know if netflix has those shows in perpetuity or not i doubt it i suspect no, they not do. I, my understanding is they do because they in they, perpetuity like forever Marvel, uh, they, they, probably, really, they probably have to keep them like they're allowed to keep them on for so long and then they got to take them down no I'm telling they, you they can keep they the have rights a, to they, no they'll be able to keep the rights to air yeah. them no 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 that's what I'm saying I guarantee you a company like Disney and Marvel there's no way they gave them these shows forever No, I guarantee dude, no you at some point sh- that's going to lapse and they're going to revert back over to Marvel because they, they mm, of all no, companies like, like, like Daredevil season one will be on the 
Yes. I don't think so, I man. I will say, man. I really don't they, see They that. won't be able to make new Daredevil shows. That will probably be made over by, on the, on the. But Netflix will still no, have a right I, I'm, to. I'm telling you, it's going to, cause they, they've, this is something, this is a specific issue that has bit Marvel on the ass fucking hard. They don't have Spider-Man or the X-Men because of shitty deals like that. There's they may no be get, fucking They may be way. getting them back yeah, soon. They might be getting them back. No. All right. We got Facebook likes from Derek William Crabb, Keechee Baker, Ali Bats, Richard Field, DeBache, and Mike Peacock. We have likes from the 20th Century Geek, Amsel Von Canterbury, Seat Directors, Blue Girl, Bob Buster, Bobcat, Bronze Age Babies, Catalina Nay, Chris at Bat Books for Beginners, Comic Book Vault, D. Paravez, DGC Studios, Dwight L. McPherson, Dirk Ashton, Ava Kersertcher Art. Who is that? Zarnik- Zarnika? Zarnika. Oh, uh, yeah. Zarnika Art. My apologies, Ava. Or Eva. Flix Watcher Podcast. Good times, great movies. Gord Tolton. Gregory Lick- Lickfield. Lickfield? 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 I think Lickfield. Because it's kind of like Orange is the New Black, the prison. Never saw. Highest. Holy Master J. Is it funny, though? Jasper's Outfits. Jerry Whitworth. John D. Knoll. Just Dudes Being Guys. Justin Weaver. Kelly Richard. Lady Brain Podcast. Long Watch Crusade. Ba, 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 ba. I think it's Kelly Rickard. Kelly Rickard. Kelly Rickard. Okay, not, Lady not- Brain. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Lady Brain Podcast. Long Box Crusade. Nerd Flecked Strangers. I get that. Nick Hoffman, comma, host. Patrick and Dennis. Podcast Radio Network. Richard J. Fowlkes. Sean Merrick. The Sheep Professor. Studi. That's Studi. Tammy Crossman. Terrence Castanguay. Tinny. The Titan. Tony Scipione. Tony Wolf. Two Snaps Photography Podcast. Varagian Vigilante. Willie Yarbrough. Wonder Woman, the Warrior for Peace Podcast. Retweets come from Ange, Between the Pages, Ed Moore, Ed Moore Jr., Inigo Montoya, Firestorm Fan, Martin Gray, Menudo Bit, Siskoid, Talk Nerdy to Me. Our first comment comes from Ryan Daly on episode 76, ABC's Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 1. Been waiting 19 years for this. Woohoo! What is it, 19? Is he just been waiting freaking forever for this Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast to come out? We've been talking about it forever. Yeah. Which is why we uh, uh, need to go ahead and do seasons 2, 3, and 4 as well. Jesus Christ. I, I've, I've, got a, I've got a plan, and, and you're involved with that plan. So, oh, don't make me involved in an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. plan. I don't want to watch or see anything about it. It's okay. Trust me. It'll be fine. Our next comment comes from Harry Comes from Harry Allen, the Flask. Nostalgic, Wait, man. Did he get uh, Caroline Wells' yee-yee-yee? What? Uh, Caroline Wells put like yee-yee-yee or something. Oh, Ascani's son on episode 76. Woohoo, guess who's back? Paquita Global's back. Uh, the 100th Sage says, the one season that just wasn't that good. Each one past it keeps getting better, with season four better than all DC shows from last year. I'm not sure that every season was better, but we'll discuss that on those future episodes. Oh, don't spoil it. Save it for the podcast. It comes out in three years. Fanhole podcast. I don't know if, given the timey-wimey nature of the release, you already know this, but Lorielli was the Enchantress's little sister. This is Derek William Crabb, by the way, that's uh, representing for Fan Holes Podcast. And uh, I, when he mentioned Lorelai, I remembered that there's a really nice Walt Simonson drawing of Enchantress's sister in uh, Official Handbook of the Marvel Universe. But because I didn't read, read the Simonson Sun uh, run, because I haven't really looked at the old hot movies that much in recent years, I just completely forgot that it existed. I, I still don't know anything about that character. I don't think I've ever read a story about the character, but I remember that shot because it was a really gorgeous 
gorgeous piece of uh, Simonson art. Mm, 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 gotcha. So wait, so why was he pointing that out? Is she uh, aged? Yeah, yeah. She, she appears in the first season of. Uh, there's, uh, I think, two episodes that feature Sif from the Thor movies. Uh, the mm-hmm. first one's the one where the dude from Ghostbusters Two ends up being a secret Viking, like an immortal Viking dude. Uh, Vigo? Not Vigo. The 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 his slave. Uh, not Vigo. The skinny guy. The, yeah, the, the fellow who wanted a fresh bowl on Ali McBeal. Always like the yeah. fresh bowl. Peter McNichol. Peter McNichol. Uh-huh, so, yeah. yes. So, and then they did a second one where Lorelai had enchanted Grant Ward, uh, the dude who ended up being Hydra, spoiler. And uh, so they're running around Shit. together having misadventures and, you know, like on the road, like road tripping California style. <laughs> Sounds riveting. Uh, the next comic oh, comes from Keith sucked. G. Baker. That's, next that episode comic. sucked. What was that? Say again? That episode sucked. No. Both, both of the Sif episodes sucked. I like uh, that uh, that Alexander chick is uh, Sif, but trying to squeeze uh, Asgardians into Marvel's Age of Shield, it just never worked. I'm glad they stopped trying. Mm. Are you are you happy now they didn't pick her for be one, to be Wonder Woman? Oh yeah. Oh definitely. Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. never would have. I, I, again, I like her, but you needed somebody with a little more. Um, she physically she looks good. She's a pretty lady. But just not enough pizzazz. Gotcha. Uh, our next comic comes from Keith G. Baker, where Frank goes reverse cowgirl on a legal machine and Mr. Fix-It. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> you don't know what that means? I mean, I know what reverse cowgirl is. I don't know what that means relative to, the you know, us discussing Ragnarok. Did one of us say that to you in the – I can't remember if – I, I might have said that to you in the podcast. Keith, remind us, man. Oh, my God. All right. Anyway, our next comic comes from Caroline Wells, 77, Marvel Studios, Thor, Ragnarok, 2017, SpongeBob Dancing gif that was a descriptive she didn't actually write that uh i mean what do you want me to do act it out or something uh okay the next comic comes from bob buster thanks guys well you're welcome our next comic comes from randy caldwell on on episode 77 i went into thor ragnarok expecting a fun movie and that's what i got there have been uh there has been a change in in the status quo and that's more than i can say for most marvel movies our next comment comes from odell abner dracula i can't believe that frank didn't like thor ragnarok exclamation point i assume that that was kind of sarcastic or maybe not i don't know to me, that's a thematic comparison to Guardians of Galaxy 2. Oh, to me, it's a thematic companion to Guardians of Galaxy 2. If Guardians of Galaxy 2 was looking inward at family and fathers and sons, Ragnarok was looking outward at what you make your, or where you make your place of how you make your place. I'm very sorry, folks. Uh, in the world after leaving home, I was glad to hear that your resident Thor fan liked it. The number one Thor guy I know was devastated by it. He had the same problems. Meathead Thor, disrespectful of Warriors 3 at all. Um, we'll get to these later when we talk about the blog comments. Uh, our next comment comes from Wonder Woman Warrior for Beasts podcast on episode 78, Marvel's Infinity War and DCEU Infinity Crisis. Perfect episode title. And you're right. It was a perfect episode title. Or she's right. Uh, and you were right for creating the title. Anyway, uh, the Cinnabud podcast on episode 70. I can't wait for this. Yes, Thor. Yes, gif. Oh, the Thor. Yes, gift. Yeah. Great gif. If anything, yeah. that movie gave us that great. Yes, gif. It's still one of the greatest trailers of all time. I wish the movie had held up. Uh, game no, no. Fuck off. Uh, Jeffrey Brown on episode 78. Currently listening to this right now. Now, so far, Frank is basically having the same conversation I had I was having with a good friend of mine after work about Thanos and the gems. Thanos and the gems. We're, uh, we're all still trying to learn it because our tongues are used to saying it one way and then the movies have taught yeah. us another. So. Thanos, Thanos, Thanos. Uh, our next ep- uh, comment comes from Randy Caldwell, episode 78. What's wrong with Lord Darkseid? What's wrong with Lord Darkseid's chin? Uh, is that the Omega Sanction Mitten he's supporting? Oh, sporting? Other than that, Thanos shopping on Apocalypse, the uh, trailer looks swell. Yeah, until uh, Randy pointed it out i didn't realize because everybody's been making fun of 
Thanos in a muscle shirt, but he's kind of wearing the same clothes that Darkseid wears. He al- who also has the exposed uh, uh, deltoids down. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, he does. I, I actually hadn't thought about that till I reread this comment too, because maybe I didn't put that part together. Yeah. Um, look, okay, so I've watched I watched Guardians again. Thanos looks amazing in that movie when he's talking down to Ronan. I get it. They should have kept the way he looked there, and he still looks very Brolin-esque, so I, I don't really see why they decided to change it, I, but to me, I think... I, I still think he looks fine. I, I don't get whatever. So he doesn't look as good as he is there. I don't know. I honestly do think that there they may be an issue of them trying to counter Darkseid before he shows up by having Thanos kind of look like him to, to draw attention to the fact that, hey, we got here first, possibly anticipating that Darkseid was going to be in Justice League. But also I think they want to show that Thanos has more than one look. So they're not stuck with that one image. And I think they just want to sell a bunch of different action figures and putting him in different costumes helps to do that. Just like with Iron Man and his armors. Yeah, I mean... Uh- after you just saw Steppenwolf in the JLA movie, why, why, I mean, how can you look at any of that stuff and complain? I think it, it's fine. Okay, so he doesn't have his armor around at the time. What's the big deal? I, I, I don't, I don't get it. Okay, so his complexion changed to a different shade. What's the big freaking deal? Anyway. Okay, now for the big guns. Uh, Marvel Studios Thor Ragnarok blog comments and uh, uh, style in. It's uh, Ryan Daly, so you know this is going to be voluminous. Uh, I enjoyed Th- Thor Ragnarok a lot, but that is despite some obvious tonal problems that don't bother me right now, but might given time drag my appreciation for the movie down quite a bit. To expand on what I mean by the tonal problems, some really, really dark and momentous shit happened in this movie, which is far more comical than any other Marvel movie except maybe the two Guardians films and Spider-Man Homecoming. In very quick succession, we see the death of Odin, the destruction of Mjolnir, and the slaying of the Warriors 3, and then by the end of the movie, we see Asgard itself laid to waste. But how many of these events are given appropriate weight or even recognition? Thor doesn't mourn it for his father. He's even, he's more thrown off by the loss of his hammer. And the movie even calls attention to that. Korg makes notes that Thor losing Mjolnir affects him like the loss of a loved one. Why doesn't he act that way about his actual loved one who just died? What about the revelation that he's had a sister? Thor never asked about Thandral, Hogan, or Volstagg. These were his childhood friends. And the other characters on Asgard we've seen him spend any decent amount of time with. It's bad enough how dismissively they're killed, but to not even get a mention later on? It wouldn't surprise me if their deaths were added later in the shooting process. Maybe it wasn't in the original script because they didn't know if they could get the actors back or didn't know if it was worth paying them to come back. Now, of course, Zachary Levy has no reason to resurrect as Fandral since he's going off to play the mightiest mortal in Shazam. Maybe Ray Stevenson can be cast as Ibak. And in case you missed the joke, I think Stevenson played Fandral in the first Thor and Levy did it in the second two. But here's the other thing about the deaths of Odin in Warriors 3. Even as it was happening, even as I watched these characters die, I realized I wasn't going to miss them. I like the Warriors 3 from the comics, but I've never grown attached to them in the movies. Likewise with Odin and all of Asgard. Maybe it's a failing of Thor and the Dark World, but I never cared about Thor's story set in the realm eternal. This is true of the comics as well. Just as I don't want Aquaman saddled with the crown of Atlantis, I'm bored by too many stories set on Asgard. Thor's at his best when he's away from home, whether that means Earth or one of the other realms of Jotunheim, Svartalheim, Vanaheim, or even far off distant worlds and galaxies. So watching Ragnarok, I found myself not missing the Warriors and Odin when they died because I was more interested in Thor on Sakaar with the Hulk, Valkyrie, Korg, and Meek and the rest. Thor's Revengers were a lot of fun, especially Valkyrie, who totally kicked ass. I'm all for Tess Thompson's proposed all-female Marvel movie. Put her on the screen with Gamora and Black Widow and Wasp. Anyway, I think I've wandered away from my original point, which is I did enjoy the movie, had a fun time, and like you mentioned, the opening scene with Thor fighting Surtur and the demons of Muspelheim, fuck me, was incredible. Uh, That's the kind of attitude and style I wish we'd had in all 
three Thor movies since the beginning. Uh, I mean, I, I feel exactly the same way that Ryan DeLay does. It's like I said, I, yes, it's terrible. They killed the Warriors three. I mean, Odin, look, they were lucky enough to freaking even get uh, what's his fuck back for the movie to begin with. So they got him back and they, they ushered him out. But the first the biggest complaint about those first movies was nobody gave a shit about those characters. Why are we seeing him with these characters? And they got rid of those stupid fucking characters. Why, why does we why do we have to have a fucking funeral pyre and a goddamn Viking spaceship to fucking send him off on on fire? Like we, we don't need to. So you use them to show how bad as hell it is and you move on. I, if anything, it's it, I feel like there's two criticisms of these Marvel movies. It's they don't see they don't just take it. They don't take these things seriously or it's like they're trying to be too serious. And then in Ragnarok, it's we didn't take it seriously enough. And it's like, well, which one do you fucking want? Do, do you want these movies to act like they're that everything that happens has to be this huge? Oh, oh it has to have some impact. Oh, my God. And this movie, they're like, okay, let's just get past them. You guys don't care about these characters. We don't care about these characters. Let's just get rid of them and have fun while we're doing it. And we don't need to sit here and have freaking Thor spend 20 minutes burying his friends and putting a fucking whatever a stake in the ground where their bodies are. We don't need any of that. Forget about it. And I like they rush past it because I don't give a shit about it. This isn't like this isn't like Tony Stark burying Happy Hogan. You know what I mean? It's the fucking Warriors 3. Hey, name the Warriors 3. They'd be like, who? Like, I don't even know who the fucking Warriors 3 are, let alone if you said the word Volstag. You know what I mean? Like, So I just think people are blowing that just way out of proportion. Sorry. Yeah, and I still think it's going to come down to one of three things. Either they're going to let all the weight hit in the Infinity War movies. I think it's pretty obvious those are going to be much heavier movies than, uh, uh, you know, the, the most recent Marvel flicks. Number two, it may not matter because they're going to hit the reset button at the end of the Infinity War movies. Or number three, they just genuinely do not give a shit and they're just going to completely ignore all that Asgard stuff and basically do Ragnarok 2, which is what Taika Waititi said he wanted to do anyway. So we'll have to just kind of wait and see how it plays out. Sure. But in the meantime, I enjoyed the ride and I thought it was a lot of fun. And I think the whole Thor was a meathead thing. Again, that's, I think that's just a little, it was a kooky comedy. So you're going to have the characters doing some kooky stuff. So every now and then he's going to look a little dumb. I, I, again, I just totally, I wasn't sitting in the movie going, Oh, Thor sure is acting like his IQ is 20 points lower than he acted in the other. Mo-. You know, I, I just, I enjoyed the ride and it was so fun. Um, that stuff just didn't bother me. And again, since the movie wasn't taking itself too seriously, I could sit there and take the movie too seriously. So and I think that's what the people who enjoyed it, they bought into. Wow, this is just don't take this so seriously as a puzzle piece of this, mar- you know, because all the other movies, well, we got to take all these things that are happening seriously because that's going to factor into this movie, into this movie, into this movie, into this movie. And they all have to work together. So we got to take this seriously just like we took this seriously. This movie didn't really care about that. And I like that. And I think this is going to be how a lot of the future movies are going to be. It's going to kind of loosely have some effect in some other movie down the road. But for the most part, it's kind of just going to be its own self-contained thing. And they're going to, like I said, they're going to kind of, it kind of sounds like what DC's going to try and fast forward to. We're going to stop spending so much time trying to make these movies all fit together and just start telling a single story that maybe will hint at a larger universe. And I think that's the way to go. So anyway, Uh, one thing I will add too, I actually kind of think maybe Thor was smartest he's ever been in Ragnarok. You know I mean? Cause I, I, I think Thor has been kind of a meathead throughout his movies. And I think he was at his nadir in the first movie where he was a real schmuck. I mean, the whole movie's about him being such a dumbass that, that he finally gets shit together at the end of it. And then one of the things that kind of sucked about the dark world was he's so serious and so mature supposedly in that movie that he's no not as much fun as he used to be and he still is taken like a schmuck by loki so at least in this movie he actually gets the better of loki repeatedly if anything it's loki that looks like kind of a moron comparatively in ragnarok uh, yeah. but he but he is kind of overall he's still kind of a meathead and he is kind of broy. but i think he actually handled himself probably better in this movie than any of the other ones so far if anything it's almost self-deprecating so uh, i don't know i it endeared me to, to the character even more than I already I already liked Chris Hemsworth Thor and I I just loved him more after this movie
movie. I think he's he's personable. I think he's funny. And he doesn't walk around like, I am Thor, which they totally could have had him be super fucking boring Shakespearean, which I think to me is more Thor the Dark World. I mean, it's super lame, dude. Nobody wants to see a two hour long movie of that bullshit. Like it just it doesn't happen. It doesn't it does not. I don't want to see that. And I think they recognize that. And I think what they came out with was good. Now, did the trailers make it seem like the movie was going to be a little bit different? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I am still very, very happy with what we got. And I think that I mean, I think they're happy with what the box office gave them. And I think if if this inspires Marvel to, like I said, not take these movies so seriously and let the directors have even more fun and let the characters maybe not be, oh, well, Thor is not exactly like he was when he, you know, Ragnarok implies a storyline that Walt Simonson wrote. And it better be exactly like that. You know, and it's instead it was nothing like that. It was a bunch of shit kind of amalgam together with a bunch of other weird shit. And it came out great. So I, I think encouraging Marvel to loosen up and do stuff like that. And now they can say, well, you know, they can tell Disney, no, 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 Disney back off. Look what, you know, look at what Taika Waititi did with Ragnarok. And I'm like, oh yeah, we made a shit ton of money from that. Do your thing. And I, so I think only good thing now could a couple stinkers come out. Sure. But, uh, we had some stinkers in the old way. You know, like I think that, uh, Age of Ultron is like the opposite of Ragnarok where it was overly controlled and you had too much input and it had to be too big of a puzzle piece in the whole, uh, in this whole grand story. And I think it just killed that movie. Whereas Thor, they're like, eh, kind of fit it in, fit it in the story. By the end, you just have to set Thor. At some point, Loki's got to steal a cosmic cube. And that's really the whole basis of your whole movie. Have fun, you know? So uh, I think that they're seeing that we can still back off and still fit it into the universe and have fun. And I think that's a good direction. And I, and I enjoy that. I will say though, I actually enjoyed Age of Ultron more than Ragnarok. No, oh, there's no way. Age of Ultron's a freaking mess, dude. It's a freaking disaster. I, there's there? just Ultron. a lot more good stuff in there than you think. And I think that it's going to be one of those movies that's going to get better with time, especially as we see more of where it connects to the greater Marvel universe. So, uh, one of the thing too is I don't, I don't, I haven't mentioned it myself and I haven't heard it mentioned anywhere else. You do realize that, uh, the Revengers actually is a comic book superhero 10. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, the continuity comics equivalent of the Avengers where all the continuity characters came together. But I don't say much about that because continuity comics was pretty awful and it's a stupid name and it was kind of a terrible team with mostly awful characters. So, uh, what, what year was this? Uh, this would have been, I think the late eighties. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cause I mean, I so don't I, even know. Do you, do you even have any, you know, history with continuity? Ah, uh, dude, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, continuity. Neil, Neil Adams, is, like Neil Adams company. Yeah, Neil Adams is company. Mm. It's not ringing any bells. Megalith, Samory, Armor. Uh, uh, oh, no, no, I got gotcha. you. Sam, Samory, Megalith. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah. So they, they, they were actually, uh, Samory wasn't on the team. I think it was just Megalith, Armor, and um, some other fucking loser because these people are terrible and I probably shouldn't have even brought it up. So it, I don't think there's a situation with Marvel's trying to cock block for a trademark. I think it was just a stupid name and they happened upon it. Yeah, I think it's a coincidence. Quite, uh, not, not, not a major quinky <laughs> And now the Marvel Marching Mighty Marvel Society. 100 issues, 108 Sage, Abirdo Tox Film, Alley Bats, Bat Pico Django, Bone Dragon Comics, Brody's Kitchen, Caroline Wells, Cash Flag, Chris Eden, The Cinnabud Podcast, Comics in the Golden Age, Derek and Matt Podcast, Ed Moore, Ed Moore. It's one of those Ed Moore Jr. Eric Manx. Fanhole Podcast, The Garb Podcast, Graphic Novelism, Harry and the Flash, Harry Allen the Flash, History of Comics on Film, Hollywood Already Did It Podcast, I am Grant Richter, Ice in the Face Podcast, Infinite Monkey Comics, Jake and Tom Conker, Jeffrey Brown, Joe Crawford, Just in Time with the J&T Baggers, Justice's First Dawn, Keith G. Baker, Kyle Benning Likes Comics, He-Man and the Master of the Universe Podcast, Past the Effin' Popcorn, Pietro Blaxamoff, The Pod Stuff Podcast, Rad Adventures, Randy Codwell, 
Film Resurrections and Adam Warrock and Panos Podcast, Richard Field, Ryan Daly, Sassy Animal, Silver and Gold, Steve Sellers, Two Snaps Podcast, Xenozoic Xenophiles, and Yarte. The Marvel Superheroes Podcast is in no way affiliated with or endorsed by Marvel Entertainment. All characters mentioned and audio clips employed are believed covered under fair use, with no infringement intended against their copyright holders. The views expressed in this podcast are assumed legitimate, truthful, and solely possessed by the speaker. Oh no! I I, I sure think Sony might end up uh, buying Fox, is what I was hearing. Oh no! Disney's talking about buying Fox, but that's that deal's already falling apart. Did it already die? That already yeah. died. Well, yeah. When it when it was Com- I think when Comcast it was, when it was, was looking outed, into it now. When it was outed, they all turned and said no. But there's all this under 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 ling talking of no, the deal's still on. It's just they didn't nah, want it. They didn't want to. That's not how I, I thought. Hear I thought they, I they, they, wanted, they, they want their Star Wars content back, and they want their uh, they want their Marvel content yeah. back. How I hear it is that what do you mean they want their Star Wars content? Back. Fox isn't buying Disney. Disney was talking Fo- about Fox, buying Fox. Fox owns the the distribution rights to the first three Star, Star Wars, Wars movies. movies. Right, but I'm telling you the right when so we heard about the Disney deal, we heard about it because the deal had already fallen apart. Like where everybody was like, "Oh my God, Disney might buy Fox." Well, no. And, and no, when it turned I, out, it's like, no. The, the, the day deal, I heard the story, Disney stock was up through the freaking roof. That, yeah, that right. was the last I, I didn't hear anything I, about. When it. I heard but, about but, it, people but were the, complaining. What I that, heard is that the reason why we heard about that news is because the deal had already fallen apart, and that's why it went from a secret to. You know, people were starting to talk about it because it. Was I'm not going to. I'm not going to speculate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I heard about it, it was it wasn't because I'm, I'm hearing it's people, Comcast and Sony that are looking at buying them now. People were pissed because they were like, a movie like Logan or Deadpool would not be made at Disney. Right. I don't know. And I do, I do not outed, want that to happen. People outed the deal because they're like, we don't want this. Yeah. Like people who knew the deal. That's what we heard about, it. and that's why when they went there, they're like, well, no, no, no. It was purely talks. Nothing more than talks. But no, I, th- I the Fox, the, the Murdochs want to sell that shit. I, I, I get it now. A lot of these fucking moves they've been making especially with regard to Fox News suddenly makes sense because they're trying to get away from all the controversy because they're trying to sell this yeah, shit. But see, Disney wants the first three Star Wars movies. I know, but they don't get it. They're not going to get it. They don't, want, they don't want to pay what Fox wants. They need somebody Dude, hungrier. Disney prints money. But they're not stupid. Money. And they don't want to pay what Fox wants. Sony I think if they could get stupid X-Men, money. Dude, if they could get X-Men if Sony and could Star get Wars X-Men, back, yeah. they'll make their money back. Di- but they, Disney already has Marvel. Sony needs X stuff. Sony needs somebody for Spider-Man but to bounce off Sony's hemorrhaging money. Yeah, no. Their video game division that's why they, is the only division that makes them money. And that's None why they the need a do. Fox. That's why they need a Fox, dude. That's but, what I'm telling you. But they need a, Disney doesn't need Fox the way somebody like Comcast so, or... or uh, uh, but you have um, to understand how, how... Okay, so all these things are linked. Right now, Sony's in hot, hot water because the new Star Wars game that just came out, like this is a huge controversy right now where they're doing microtransactions where you can go there and it's called pay-to-play where you can buy to upgrade your characters and all this stuff and people are pissed because you can pay sixty dollars plus another two thousand dollars to get every character in the game and they're they're afraid disney's pissed because they're saying this is making their brand look bad you're putting this stink on star wars and our movie comes out in fucking a month and you're gonna fucking ruin our movie now to me it looks like disney's they're just gonna start pulling everything in-house yeah we're gonna do all in-house we're gonna keep it in-house so it wouldn't shock me if they walked up to fox wrote a check and said look you finish the zeros give us back our toys and we're going sony wants it but sony doesn't have the money to do it if Fox it's, says it's, it's it says here Sony is not looking to buy the entire company. They're looking at assets. So they're basically saying, okay, Fox, if nobody will give you your full 
full asking price, you can break it up. Let Disney buy a chunk, we'll buy a chunk, Comcast can buy a chunk. And if you're going to do that, these are a couple chunks we want. That's yeah. how that's where it's at now. They so, want to debundle Fox, yeah. yeah. But see, Disney wants the Star Wars. They want all sure. the Marvel in-house. I'm sure Sony wants that stuff too. That's uh, I'm sure Sony wants. Hey, let's get dude, a think about the last. Let's get your Marvel stuff to to join up with our Spider-Man. But let's, stuff. let's talk about it. the the biggest Spider-Man movie they had was made by Marvel. All their other Spider-Man, movies, except for the first one. And again, we can't go back to. We're the first a long one way was, away from that. Yeah, man. they haven't had any good superhero movies come out. Sony hasn't. They've even tried other properties that are superhero based. None. They've all like collapsed. They just I don't know. I, I don't think they have it in them. They don't have the money for it. I'm not rooting for that. I'm just saying that's a thing. I would ha- I would hope that if Disney bought it, it would be like a Miramax when they used to have Miramax where they have like an adult. Uh, they fucking ruined Miramax. So. No, but no, but they had this adult area where they're like they make the movies. It's it's Disney money, but we don't know what they're making over there. Like do their own thing. I mean that's how you got Pulp Fiction and shit like that. All right, we're off topic. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.